Welcome to Backstage with Beck B with special guest Bianca Giselle. and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, this LA actress, singer, and songwriter has her own music available on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, and more. Plus, she's been in shows around LA such as Romeo and Juliet, Love is a Battlefield, Umpo Mean Girls, Umpo Jurassic Park, I Know What You Did Last Summer Musical, and more. Please welcome Bianca Giselle. How have you been? I miss your face. Hi. I was. I've, I mean, I've been good. I'm in Texas. Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah. What part, wait, what part of Texas? I'm in Dallas. Did we talk about this that my parents live in Houston? I, I think so. We have before, yeah. Yeah, because that sounds familiar to me. Um, that's nice. They're like, good thing you got out of here because yeah, <laughs> and the apocalypse in Los Angeles. So yeah, with the fires and everything. Cause yeah, exactly. I don't know if you saw like I'm sure you did like all the photos. It was crazy. Um, it it literally looked like a scene from like Blade Runner or something. It was really awful. <laughs> and like, what's worse is that like you know since everything is closed down, it's not like you can be like oh I'm just gonna go to the movie theater to kill time today and be inside. You can't do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> We've been all cooped up and then just like staring at our windows. And then there was an awful earthquake the other night. I shouldn't say awful, I'm sorry. There was a very scary earthquake the other night. Um, so it's been not fun. Um, so good for you for getting out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haven't missed anything except for natural disasters. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I missed that earthquake because everyone was freaking out. And I was like, yeah, I don't like earthquakes much. It, okay, like, you know, I felt quite a few of them living here now, but that one, it, normally it like shakes and you're like, oh my God, we're having an earthquake, but it doesn't go on long enough that you're like, I should get up, you know, like, cause it takes you a couple seconds, or at least for me, to register what's happening. And then, and then by the time you register what's happening, you're like, oh my God, we're having an earthquake. It like stops a few seconds after this one, like, you know, those few seconds happened. I realized we were having an earthquake and I was like, oh my God, it's an earthquake. Then I'm like, it's still going. And then I'm like, is it gonna stop? And then I'm like, okay, should I, I guess I should get up. Like, should I run for something? It was, at least for me, it was very long and maybe the longest one I felt because I was able to have all those thoughts. Whereas yeah. before I don't normally, because it's so fast, you don't normally have time to think like, I gotta get up, like <laughs> I gotta do something, you know, or at least for me anyway. That's how last summer's earthquakes were for me, kind of. Were you there the night that we had an earthquake during I Know? No, I wasn't there that night, but I know what earthquake you're talking about. Girl, we were in the, I can't remember, I think it was Trent with me that night. And you know how in the 2.0 version, yes. we had, oh, sorry, I'm just like springing into this. Are you recording already? Yeah, no, it's <laughs> recording already. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just like going for it. Um, I remember like the first scene in the in that second version of the show that we did last summer um it starts off with me and whoever's you know the fisherman characters like behind me and we're in the the church scene or whatever and I'm doing yeah. confessional, and I'm in the middle and it's supposed to be like really emotional and very like you know serious and focused and all of a sudden I feel like my because we're sitting like on a bench and I feel the bench like and I was like what is he doing like I'm like I think like Trent is like 
dancing behind me all of a sudden. I'm like, and Trent is the kind of person that, you know, definitely into improvisation and like, which is so why we all love working with him. He's so wonderful. But so I just assumed he was doing one of his Trent things and making something up. And then I realized that the, in the back, the, the scaffolding that the guys are on is like, moving and I'm pretty sure like Brian because Brian and Ryan I think are back there they both like grabbed each other and like looked at each other and then I realized curtains were swaying and the doors were going and I was like it's an earthquake and I'm like do we keep going or and the audience stayed put like I think everyone I think everyone else knew what was happening before I think I was the last one to realize what was happening but everyone stayed seated and then it's and then it passed and the show kept going but it was so weird. I was like, what yeah. is happening right now? Man, earthquakes. It's one of those things, if you if you live in an apartment too, it's one of those things that you like always think it's like your upstairs neighbor too at first. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. You're like, what, what are they doing? doing? Yeah. <laughs> you guys, be, you know, respectful of your neighbors. Yeah. Why is there an elephant above me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Well, Anyways, I'm glad that that everything besides the natural disasters seem to be like seems to be kind of okay in LA at least and people are I mean uh, this week so far has been good. Like the temperature has cooled off a little bit. Um, the air quality is so much better. Like I can see a blue sky instead of a red, literally red sky. Like I'm not even exaggerating. It was like an orange red color for days crazy um yeah so things have cooled off a little bit and and chilled out for now i don't want to say that like too loudly and then all of a sudden there's another earthquake right now (laughs) yeah i don't want to i don't want to test our luck so yeah but i mean so speaking of theater kind of going right into theater uh and off the natural disasters (laughs) Yeah, National Disaster Theater. It feels like that like is the next step. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Theater's def theater's definitely a more exciting topic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So um have you always known that you wanted to be a performer, sing, uh, act of some sort or Yeah, so I don't ever remember a time where I like decided I wanted to do it like I just always have been doing it since I was a little kid and my mom likes to like tell the story that uh before I was even like speaking full sentences and like really knowing how to talk I was singing along with the radio and like melodies and things like that like singing definitely kept came first but like I don't ever remember a time where I wasn't singing like I've always been singing something performing somewhere whether it's like school things or I, I grew up in the church when I was younger so you know, choir stuff and those kinds of like shows in your church. Um, So I don't, yeah, I don't remember a time where I wasn't doing that. I do remember a time because I was singing, she would put me in musicals, my mom, and um, not her herself, she's not like a director, but she would like, you know, take me to places that they were doing musicals. And I remember like having the realization when I was like, I don't know, like nine or something. And I was like, playing other characters is so fun, you know? And then I, and then I was like, I want to take acting class. And luckily we were able to find one and stuff like that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's been from a very young age. It's the only thing I'm really good at. So <laughs> I can't really do much else. <laughs> <laughs> 
have you always, even when you were younger, because you have your own music. Yeah. I feel like we have to mention because <laughs> your music is great. And Thank you. Like, people should listen if they haven't already. Thank you so much. I really of appreciate course. that. <laughs> have you always uh, been into like, I mean, creating your own songs? Like even when you were young as a kid? Yeah, I mean, I I guess little kids always like make up their own songs, but I was the person that was like writing it down and stuff. Like I've always, I guess I've always been a songwriter as well. Um, and I remember like being really little, this is embarrassing, I can't believe I'm telling the story, but uh, my dad, he's a computer engineer. So he would, he had access to like, you know, old laptops and old, gear and things like that that his offices were weren't using anymore and so he would bring them home to me and one time he brought me this like plug-in microphone it looked very like Bob Barker from Price is Right like it was like a long skinny thing and I would plug it in my computer and I don't it, like this was like Windows like in the 90s so I don't even remember what program I used but um I somehow figured out a way to record myself so I would like record songs into this into the computer and when I was I mean this was when I was young when I <laughs> when I couldn't figure out a good rhyme or something and I was just like in a flow like I was just flow I was just like going you know I would like start making up words like full-on making up a word like I would do like a full sentence or full phrase or something and then I'd do another sentence and the, the end of that phrase but if I didn't really know where I was going I would just make something up like really really cool really like a real cool kid yeah. um, and then I also did this thing where I would like pretend I was on a radio and be like hey I'm Bianca welcome to the blah 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 radio and I do a whole thing but I gave up on those radio DJ jobs very early on so. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to go in that direction. I want to go in the in the making up words direction. <laughs> yeah, making full on making up words when I don't when I haven't thought of a rhyme quick, quick enough. Yeah, it kind of translated. To be fair, that it did kind of translate, and I I think I'm not alone in this. I'm sure others, you know, musically inclined people or songwriters or whatever do the same thing. But when you get a melody and you're like working on a song, sometimes you don't have the lyrics right away, but you have the melody, so you'll just start like singing garble like you'll just start like be like do da da do shooby do beep but like w w made up things and sounds so I feel like maybe it like translated for me into that later on is what I'm gonna tell myself yes <laughs> <That's what> <laughs> yes, yes. It, and then you came back to like the lyrics later maybe or something yeah like exactly yeah. like what what I'll I'll do that like and I've seen other artists do it too where you know if we're in a studio or whatever and we're producing out the track but the lyrics haven't necessarily been written out or if they want to go home and write the lyrics and like alone by themselves a lot of the times we'll lay down a scratch vocal with just like made up words just so we have like the the syllable beats in there and like with the melody and then we can go back and add actual words to it so yeah yeah okay so i'm i don't think i know this but uh, when you first came to California, did you start in theater or did you start with trying to uh, write and, uh, and release your own music? Um, the goal, 
when I was moving to LA was always to like the reason, cause I'm from Florida originally. And a lot of my friends who I performed with growing up back home, um, they went up to New York. I was the only one that went out to California. But the reason for that is because I didn't want to do musical theater, ironically. Um, I always loved it and I grew up, do I grew up doing it, but I wanted to focus more on like songwriting and the music side of it. And like, I, I mean, doing musicals whenever I, whenever I want to, or whenever I want to, whenever I get the opportunity to, but like mainly focusing on like having like an acting career and then like a music career and kind of keeping them separate. So I went to Cal Arts, which is a arts conservatory up in um, Santa Clarita Valley, if you know where that is. Yeah. Um, and I went, they didn't have like a musical theater. They only had an acting uh, school. So I did that, but what was great about Cal Arts is that they really encouraged like crossing into other metiers and like taking classes in the film school and taking classes in the dance school and taking so I did like a lot of classes in the music school and the dance and the film and like kind of like did my own thing which was kind of cool but yeah originally I wasn't coming out here to do musicals but then what I literally as soon as I graduated I think I booked three shows like at the same time and two of them were musicals so it's like oh well here we are <laughs> like um but I love it I mean What's so great about what I found anyway in my experience, what's so great about doing musicals and the whole, and just theater in general, like straight plays as well, is that you kind of create a, a better sense of community because you're kind of like stuck with those people for months before it even opens, right? Before the show even opens. And it's such a battle to get a show up. I mean, and we have it the easiest, like the creative team is, they're crazy people for doing that job. <laughs> you know, you, you feel like you're like climbing uphill to get a show open, you know? Um, and there's this energy that everyone is like working together. And I think that it, I was lucky to have landed into some of these, you know, things that like the Rockwell or whatever and created like my own little sense of like family and community out here. Um, so I'm grateful that I, I was, I happened to find myself doing musicals again, even though that wasn't the plan, so. Well, I'm grateful too. I'm grateful too. <laughs> I, it sounds like the program, the school program you went to, uh, kind of like helped you uh, get even more well-versed in everything so that like it would prepare you to uh, conquer musical theater in LA. Even. Yeah, that's so, yeah, totally. It definitely did. Um, yeah, I feel really lucky that I was able to like have that experience because I also felt like some of, I've heard comments from other people who just studied musical theater and it's like, well, they, they got a ton of like dance training, which is amazing, but some of them like wanted more acting training or whatever. So it's like, it's cool that I kind of had a little bit more flexibility and that I was able to like pick and choose like if I took a dance class in the dance school, you know, or I didn't, you know, whatever. So um, yeah, I agree with what you're, what, what you said. Yes. And then um, what was the first uh, theater show you booked uh, after your school? Um, <laughs> the first three. <laughs> it wasn't, well, both of them were not like uh, Broadway shows uh, or like, you know, they were, they yeah, were yeah. new things for out here. Um, so one of them was called Spider Baby the Musical. And okay based on a 1960s 
film called I think Spider Baby, and it it was a straight or it, it wasn't a musical film, and um, the, these people created. Uh, original music around the story of it and it sort of reminded me of like if you know the house of yes at all like which is also from another like old movie that's a play as well um it's just like a it's just like a strange weird kind of story uh sort of centered around like what is the meaning of family and like how what does that look like and it's not conventional you know um so that was a cool experience and it was a like a more of a rock musical which was really fun um so that was and i played the the main girl and she like kind of goes crazy so like that was really fun to play um and then the other one was like a fairy tale show i don't do i even know the name of it no i don't <laughs> But I played Snow White and it was something like, it was a comedy and it was sort of like, if things got turned upside down in like these fairy tale worlds. And it, oh, and I remember it also like pulled from the grim fairy tales. So it was like darker, you know, like I think whoever played Cinderella, like the stepsisters, do you know the grim story of Cinderella? I, I a little bit, I think maybe. Really dark, like, like Little yeah. Mermaid at the end you know and in cinderella when the stepsisters are trying to fit their shoes into or their feet into the shoes they actually cut their feet to try and fit them in there so like that was like in her show and stuff i can't remember what my dark thing was i don't remember what it was but uh, anyway um so that was fun uh and then there was some oh yeah there was another show that was actually really interesting um it wasn't a musical and it was about Ava Hess, who was this German artist um, in the, oh my God, in the 80s? Oh, I'm so terrible. I don't remember. I have the worst memory. Um, but anyway, it was really cool because the story was her life in three chapters, like, like when she's really young, when she's like in her 20s, and then when she's older, and she ends up getting sick and all this stuff. And she, you know, lived through some of the oppressive times in Germany, all this stuff. Anyway, um, so I played her when she was in her 20s. Um, and that was just a really fun show because I got to play a real person, you know? So yeah. um, that was cool. Yeah. So those were like the first few shows that I booked out of school. Nice. And then um, how, because you've done so many LA theater shows since. Yes. I mean, the the reason I've gotten to see you on stage is through like Rockwell and stuff. Yes. And how did you get involved with that LA theater community? Because it's such a tight knit community. Yeah. Um, I, I, how did I, how did it happen? It just feels like one thing morphs into the other. Like you meet people, you work with people, you hear about other shows and things. I, had done rent and when i did rent everjohn who i don't know if you've had on yet or if you've talked to before but he yes. was in me and he we became really good friends after that show and then he brought me to a party where i met jen ujin who uh co-directed and choreographed american idiot um 
I met her at like, I think it was her birthday party or something. And then I met someone else there and they were telling me about the Rockwell and like literally like two days later they were having auditions. Cause I had, I think I, at that point I'd already seen one of the, for the record shows. And this was back when, when Shane Shield was still um, working at the Rockwell and you know, all that stuff was still happening there. And they were having auditions like a few days after this party and I just showed up to the auditions. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, I, I auditioned and thankfully I got into it and it was kind of the last project that they started at Rockwell before they left to do DBA and all these other great things that they've done. Um, so that was like the first thing. And it's so funny because like that was also, Michael Thomas Grant was in that with me. That was his first show there. Caitlin Airy, Nikki Classville. Um, I don't think either of them had done anything at the Rockwell yet. And then like James Bice was in it and Jason Page and yeah. um, Alex Zanowski and who else? I'm blanking on some other people who I'm sure have done a million shows at the Rockwell. But yeah, so like that was, uh, that was my first thing there. And then it's just one of those places where, you know, if you love it there and you became good, you become good friends and you keep auditioning, it's like, they really, they kind of built a company without having a real company. You know, that's why I think so many of the same people you see in the shows come back, you know, and do other shows and things like that. Um, so that's kind of how that happened. Like, I don't know, after that, it was just like, oh, here's an audition this day, here's an audition this day. Because you're right, I think the LA musical community is so small. <laughs> like, yeah, people don't realize. Yeah, it's so small and, um, you know, I think that it gets bigger as far as like those who do stuff at Five Star and La Mirada and yeah. stuff. And I almost feel like that's a different world too. Like I don't really work with a lot of people that do shows there and they don't normally come to the Rockwell as often. So it's sort of like, yeah, I don't know, different little pockets, I guess. But that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, it was sort of just a word of mouth thing. And I just showed up to an audition and thank God I got it. And I've sort of been in and out of Rockwell for since 2014, which is crazy. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's like six years now. <laughs> I can't believe it. It's insane. It's like time flies. Time flies. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm so grateful to that place because like I said earlier, like my best friends, my closest friends are people I've met from either doing shows at the Rockwell or like I, because of a show I did the Rockwell, I did a show somewhere else and made like, I know you did last summer, you know, yeah. The Rockwell, but I only knew Jordan sort of before that because of the Rockwell. So I'm really grateful to have had that place for sure, to have been a part of it. And I mean, you kind of just talked about this, but what do you think makes Rockwell like such a special venue in LA that audience members love to come back to? Because there's a, there's a lot of, I know I'm not the only repeat audience member. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're our favorite one. So, um, you're the most supportive, so we love you the most. Um, <laughs> um, gosh, that's a great question. I've been kind of, it's so funny that you bring that up because this conversation has come up with me and some other people um, from the Rockwell recently. And I think, I think the biggest thing is the, the people, like we really have so much fun in those shows like we run around like idiots like we're just and we all love each other so much like, i've been very lucky because every once in a while obviously there's a show where you it's a job like you go and you do the show it's over you leave 
but I've been very lucky, at least in all the productions I've done at the Rockwell, where it's like, we're all obsessed with each other and we all hang out, out outside of work. And, you know, and then when we're on stage, like, obviously I think we're all <laughs> professional enough to stay in character, but we're also like screwing around with each other the whole time. And which is great because it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us, it, it really like exercises that muscle. Like we're better artists because of it. Um, and, and we're just having so much fun. I think that's, I think that's really what it is because I think on paper, the shows are fun. You know, I mean, they're from movies, like movies yeah. that we all love, but I think what really brings it to life is like all of us kind of working together and like really like working as a team and building each other up and like setting each up, each other up for jokes and things like that. And like Greg, obviously writing us amazing, music to sing and different compositions and arrangements and stuff so i really think it's the people that makes it um really successful and that's why i think that like you know as long as there's this like little pocket of people i think that there will because it's there's so many questions about the future with theater and especially in la <laughs> and i just feel like as long as this kind of core group sticks together like it's gonna yeah. be back no matter what and it might be in a different context who knows but I think that that's what people enjoy watching when they come and watch the shows yeah people gravitate towards I mean watching people on stage having fun and like feeling that people on stage are having fun and like it's not just like another oh I have to go to work thing for the people on stage yeah and like you know it's it's I think it Wait, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Wait, I just, I just had it. This has to be all the time. <laughs> Working with people, what people love to see. I think that we're bringing that, the audience along with us when we do that too. Yeah. You know, like, it's not, it's as, you know, all theater is great, but it's not the kind of theater, we're very self-aware. It's not the kind of theater where you go and you sit in a proscenium, you know, stage and all this stuff and you watch a play, which is wonderful. It's like, we don't, we don't do that. Like we're, we're weird and we own that and we call attention to it all the time, you know, in all the shows that we do. Like we're always like making up our own thing as we go and we bring the audience along with us. And I think that is a big part of it too, you know? Yes. And were you, uh, you talk about like, kind of the improv side of Rockwell. Were you well versed in improv before Rockwell or was that something that you kind of learned? So I think like any actor, they should if they have it, has improv training. Like for me, it was actually the first real acting training I had when I was all those many years ago when I said that I, when I kind of talked about earlier like when I was younger and I was like, I want to try this acting thing. The first thing my mom got me into was a, was a improv school so and I did that for many years so like and but then you know it always came up later on in my education like in, I went to a performing arts high school as well so like we had improv classes there um we had improv uh when I went to Cal Arts as well like it's always and it's not improv is not always necessarily like being funny like you need it because especially in live theater like or live television like anything can go wrong like and it will so you have to be able to think on your toes, you know, and be able to carry the story when all hell is breaking loose and whatever's happening, when an earthquake is happening, you know, like, um, so I think that, that that's always, and if, and if any actors haven't, I highly recommend them get themselves to go and get a, 
I guess you can't go anywhere to do an online improv class because it's super, it's super helpful and it, it, you will use that tool in all aspects of, of, your, of your acting career. I feel like it probably helps boost confidence too in a way. It does, for sure. And I think it like helps in life situations as well. Like I'm more, I'm actually like more of an introvert trying to pretend to be an extrovert. And growing up, I like, I was definitely more shy and like, even to this day, I still feel really like socially awkward in certain situations. So like improv really helped with that. Cause it's like, you're having to put yourself out there all the time. Um, so I feel like it hasn't just helped me with like acting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like and then um, I have to ask because your voice, like you have a great, like a great belting voice, kind of, I would say. So, and they give you a lot of great songs in any show you're in. Uh, what song has been your favorite to uh, sing in, in a show? Oh, good question. Oh my God, I don't know. That's so hard. There's so many that I love. There's so many uh, powerhouse ones that you've sung. Playing Mimi was really awesome. So like, you know, Out Tonight is just like, oh my God, it's such like a freeing, like, like kick-ass, like girl power kind of a song, which I really love. But then that wasn't at the Rockwell, that was somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but then it's fun to do songs at the Rockwell because, or like just an immersive theater in general, like I know what you did last summer because you're so close to people that like, I'm so tempted to just like scream in their faces because um, they're so close to you. So whenever I get like good belting songs in, in those shows, that's always really fun. I mean, I loved doing, um, I loved doing Stronger and Mean Girls. That was fun. I also loved doing um, I sang Heart Attack by Demi Lovato in this show called Roar that was at the Rockwell, which is pre-Umpo. Um, and that was so fun because the arrangement was so cool. Like whoever arranged it for us, like had everyone else sang like, like uh, almost like a choir underneath me. So it even sounded like more of an epic song. So that was really fun too. I think like any, any of those like pop rock female empowerment songs are just my favorite for sure yes and i okay i'm dying for you to like have a chance to go back to doing runs and and playing me again because i would love to see you take on that role oh my god yeah it was so fun i mean it was so fun i love that show so much i know everyone like all the musical theater snobs have something negative to say about the writing or whatever i still love it i you know, because he unfortunately passed away before he, I guess, really could finish it as the yeah. story or, or rework it or whatever. So um, I just love the music so much. I love the stories. I, I actually went originally, I, I've been dying. One of my like dream roles actually is Maureen. And because um, Take Me or Leave Me is one of my favorite. Yes. And I remember when I auditioned for this show, I originally went in for Maureen. I didn't go in for Mimi. And I can see that too. <laughs> and they were, uh, they were like, when I got the call back, they were like, we want you to come back for Mimi. And I mean, I wasn't going to be like, no. <laughs> but a little part of me was a little bummed, if I'm being honest, just because I, I love, Maureen is so not like me. Like, she's so out there. She 
like um unapologetically is her her own unique self like she will scream about anything that she believes in and support anything she believes in like so outwardly without any hesitation and i really admire that about her um but at the same time mimi is also amazing and and getting to like dive into that character we had such a great uh director michael michael shepherd who's kind of well known in the la theater world he directed us in that and he gave me some great homework and documentaries to watch and all this stuff so that was it was still such a rewarding experience to play her um but yeah i mean i would love to do rent again we tr we tried for a hot second to do like a a reading for charity one year um I'm, i think it was for charity um so I'm hoping that, you know, we can kind of pick that up again at some point in the future, um, just, just to like get to sing those songs again with everyone. And like some of those group numbers are so intricate and They're yeah, so that show. It's a special show. It's a special show for sure. Yeah. Did you yeah. see the live one? That one was fun. The, the one that was on, uh, that was on TV. When was it? What year was it? I don't know what year it is or well, not. Last year? Did I make that up? Wasn't it last year? It, Did was, I tw it was 2019. Yeah. yeah last it just seems like it was so long ago. Yeah. Who knows? What is time anymore? Yeah. And they like, oh, I feel so bad for, I don't even know his name, but the guy who broke his leg. But I still enjoyed the show. The set was so cool. I, I was there at the taping. <laughs> you were? How was it? It was, well, I was there when he like, when he broke his leg and it, it was an experience. Everyone was like, what's going on? Why is it taking so long to film the last scene? Oh, oh, that's right. Cause he broke it in, um, in dress rehearsal. Yeah. And, uh, but what's the song? Um, it's him and it, uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and what, what you want? What no. you want, I think. Yeah. Oh man. Poor guy. God, that sucks. Yeah. And it's, it, it was, it was something, it, it was amazing. Uh, he finished the show, like, as best he could. They had him, like, up on a table at the end. Could you imagine? You just broke your leg, and they're like, can you finish the last scene? And so you sit on stage with a broken leg, which is probably hurting so bad. I've never broken a bone, thank God, but I can only imagine. Knock, knock on something. I know, right? Knock on some wood. But like, could you imagine like, and then and then like having to be really emotional at the end of the show? <laughs> I'd probably just be crying from the pain, I guess. Yeah. It's like, like oh, this makes it easier. <laughs> Ow. Like, insane. I can't believe that. Wow. A trooper, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of things that have, that can go wrong on stage, because like, cause I feel like you never know what's going to happen at a Rockwell show, especially. Or a show like, <laughs> I know what you did last summer. What's the funniest thing that's happened on stage in the show? I mean, the earthquake is a good one. Um, that was ridiculous. Uh, I think the one of the funniest things, <laughs> which I feel so dumb about, I mean, anytime you like trip or, you know, especially, and, and you never trip when it's like, it works for the character. It's always like when you're, commanding something or being really serious or something and all of a sudden you trip like it's never it's when you're trying to be cool you know but i remember it was i, I think our first night with an audience for mean girls at the rockwell and we finished act one um and yeah we finished act one and it was when mean first night with an audience for mean girls at the rockwell and we finished act one 
Um, and yeah, we finished act one and it was when me and Regina like are on the center uh, platform. And we end and I'm always facing the back and she's facing the stage. And um, it's blackout and we're supposed to get off. Well, since it was the first night with an audience, someone forgot to put glow tape on the platform. And I, I fell off the stage and I literally fell into Marissa, Jarrett Winoker. She was there. Thank God it was her. Oh my God. Thank God I'm there and like was able to like pull her hands out. But I like landed into her and into the chair. So I had this like bruise the next week from the, from the chair. But like, it was like, I don't know how to demonstrate. It was like, I went here and then like, there was not a platform. So it kind of was like this situation. I, if she wasn't there, I would have fallen on my face because I didn't even, it happened so fast and I was in the dark because the lights are on you, like on me, right? So yeah, blinded. So it was like, I had no reflexes. I would have had no reflexes to like, stop. <laughs> that was really ridiculous. I don't think, and I, the thing is, is like, I was of course laughing at myself at it, about it later, but I don't think anyone else saw it. Like, at least no one in the, I told the cast and no one said they anything. They were like, I didn't see that. Or, you know, you'd think, because we all like screw around with each other, that I would have yeah. walked upstairs and we've been like, graceful, like exit, Bianca, you know, is what one of them would have said. But I don't think anyone saw it, but I I saw it. And, and, and Marissa saw it. <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty dumb. Um, oh, wait, there's one other one, actually. <laughs> I, during, I know what you did last summer. Okay, so it's really annoying that guys have really common names like Ryan and Brian. And then it's yeah. also really annoying when both of them are in one show with you. Yeah. And then it's also really annoying when Brian's name is, wait, when Brian, wait, now I'm getting good at backwards. Yeah, Brian is Barry and Ryan is Ray. So it's like all the R and B names are really annoying. Um, so <laughs> we had an understudy on that night, this guy, Connor, who was amazing. Yeah. He went on for, for Ryan who plays my, uh, you know, love interest. Yeah. So, and there's that moment where he's like calling out, to, I think he's singing, I want you back from NSYNC. Um, and so he's like, you know, trying to like profess his love to me. And I'm like, screw you, I'm leaving. Um, at the end, I'm supposed to say like, you know, I can't do this Ray or something. I say something with his name in it. And it was me and Connor. And I said, I can't do this Barry. <laughs> he goes, and it was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And it wasn't like a quick cue, like he had to say another line. So it was like, oh no, like I didn't say that. But in my head, I'm like, well, I don't know how to save this. You know, my improv skills were failing me. And he just goes, Barry? <laughs> like, so offended. Oh my God, I was like, oh, whatever, sorry, bye. I don't, I don't even know, I just was so mortified. That was really dumb too. Oh my I've gosh. So many stupid things like that, like that come <laughs> Or like you forget the costume change, you forget a prop or something, like so dumb. I was gonna say at least with the at least with the falling thing, you can if you ever want to do like a trust wall exercise, you know who to pair up with for well, it. As long as I'm always as long as Marissa Marissa's always around, I will be able to do it. I totally yeah. The trust fall into Marissa's arms anytime. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, I pick Marissa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and then uh, moving on from musical theater a little bit, um, we kind of talked about your singing songwriting career. 
uh, earlier, but I want to give you a chance to kind of promote it a little more before uh, we end. Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, I have a song coming out on Friday. Actually, oh wait, I don't know when this is premiering. Uh, it should be out hopefully Thursday-ish. Okay, this Thursday? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So Friday, the next day, hopefully, if this is out, by the time you watch this, um, I have a new song coming out. It's called Friends. And it's sort of like a tongue-in-cheek, kind of sexy, fun summer song. And I'm trying to, like, get it in right towards the end of summer. <laughs> Although it's feeling more like fall in some other areas. But um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's the most... I feel like maybe one of the most pop songs I've ever done. I, I feel like I tend to veer more like pop soul or like uh, retro pop kind of feels. This one's a little, feels a little bit more like current pop, which is fun. And it's the first time I've ever produced the song by myself, which means like I've always been a part of the producing process. Like I'm always sitting next to whoever's engineering or producing and we're always like, but they're the ones that are like doing all the magic on the computer. Yeah. And this is the first time that I've really done it by myself, which is really exciting. So I'm very proud of myself for that. Um, so yeah, so that comes out on Friday um, and it'll be everywhere on all the things, Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. Um, so I'm really excited about it. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I hope people like it. <laughs> and for people who haven't listened to your music before and are missing out, what are your other albums and singles, or EPs and singles that you have out? Sure, yeah, I released a song called Sorry to Bother You uh, earlier this summer in June, I think. No, yeah, June, which came out, um, which is like a more like a mid-tempo, soul, pop kind of song, R&B kind of song. Um, and that was really fun that I did that with uh, my friend Kaz Brindis and uh, Mark Byers. Uh, they're both wonderful, wonderful, talented dudes. Um, and I wrote that song with uh, my friend Joe as well, Joe Luca. Um, so that's out. I also have uh, the song Sync that was in the Hulu original movie Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg, um, which was really cool. Uh, it's like in the background of one of those scenes, but whatever, it's in the movie, so that's cool. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, uh, that song is called Sync, which is already out. And then, you know, I've been lucky enough to have like a song in this Scarlett Johansson comedy with Kate McKinnon called Rough Night that Mark Byers and I worked on. Um, that was really cool. We did like the club scene song for that, which was really fun. Um, yeah, so I got quite a few things that people can check out uh, online for sure. And music videos and all the, all the things. Ooh, yeah. And I mean, for anyone who hasn't listened, I. I mean, they should. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then some little quick questions because I know you have to go soon. Uh, who, would you, who would your dream duet partner be? Dream duet partner. Oh my gosh. I mean, do they have to be alive? No, they don't have to be alive. I mean, like, it could be, I mean, I would, I would die to sing with Sam Cooke. I would die to sing with Jackie Wilson, Aretha Franklin, Nina Simone. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Bill Withers, oh, may he rest in peace. He just died earlier this year. Would have loved to sing with him. Um, I think current people, I've always been a fan of Kelly Clarkson. I just think her voice is unbelievable. 
Um, I'm also a huge fan of Jack Garrett and um, I love like Maggie Rogers and there's a lot of people I look up to vocally and, and just as artists too. So that's a hard question. I don't know that I have a number one. Just, just, a, just a ton of people who- Yeah, just a ton, just- fire. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make them happen if they're alive. Yes. 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 All at the same time. <laughs> yes. It can be like a huge group like song. Yeah. And then if you could revive any musical, what would it be? I could revive any musical. I mean, I wouldn't be in it. I want to revive it just so I can see it. But I never got the opportunity to see Cynthia Revo in Color Purple, and I would die. I've also never seen that show, so I would love to see that show. I wouldn't be in it. Uh, but for one that I would be in, um, I mean, another dream show of mine is Wild is Andrew Lipa's Wild Party. I'd love to do that. Um, so that would be really fun to do again. Ooh. <laughs> Someone actually mentioned that the other week. So yeah, I feel like it's lesser known, but someone actually mentioned that show the other week. I it is lesser known. There's two of them. There's and I think I think I feel like Andrew Lip is the more popular one. Yeah, the Andrew Lip one. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's another one that like some purists like more, but um, yeah, it's such a dark, fun show, yeah. which I like, and it's very sexy. So yeah. And then to wrap up, uh, what are you looking forward to most when live theater and live entertainment can come back? Oh my God, community, people, um, work. <laughs> I wanna get back to work, um, an outlet, all of that. Yeah, yes. just, see, just seeing art, being in art, being around people who like art, who like seeing art, who like supporting it, any of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I miss getting to support all you wonderful people on, on stage and cheer, cheer. Always love seeing you in the audience. You're our favorite face to see. We're always like, oh my God, you guys, Beck is here. But then we're also like nervous because we're like, she's going to shoot all this. So don't <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's the best and y'all are so talented. So I mean, thank you. And then uh, where can people follow you on social media to keep up with everything that, you're, that you've done, that you'll be doing in the future, et cetera? Hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm the most active on Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I think it just reposts from Instagram. I'm barely ever on it. So I'm at Bianca Giselle, um, and my last name has two S's and two L's. My mom misspelled it on the birth certificate, so blame um, yeah, so I'm normally on Instagram and, uh, yeah, I'd love to say hi to some new, new people and new faces. That would be fun. Um, and then I have a bunch of like music videos and stuff on, on YouTube as well. Yes. Well, thank you for coming on this with me. And I, I, I hope that I gave you some time to, uh, to do what you have to do next. Oh, I, yes, you did. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been so cool. You said you were doing this. I was like, oh my God, I'm so down. So I'm glad it, I'm glad you waited until September for me. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. I, I had to have you on. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you know, I hope once things do get back, we can see your face in the audience again soon. Cause we, we miss you. Of course. I'll, I'll be there when things come back. Good. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at 
back at B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!